a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for joining today's podcast. Uh, so today, let's go ahead and get started. Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, there's a couple different names for it. Uh, we're going to talk about pack behavior, um, group behavior, um, there's uh, migration behavior. The idea is, uh, this is uh, looking at behaviorism and how our behavior uh, is um, influenced by uh, more of the animal instinct, actually. And so uh, I'll tell a, give a couple examples of what group behavior looks like. Oftentimes when people hear group behavior, they think about um, peer pressure. Uh, group behavior is more, uh, it's more covert. It's more, it's, you know, it's not verbally, it's vicarious, I guess. So group behavior is not uh, peer pressure in the sense of somebody telling you that you ought to do something or what have you. Group behavior is more something we see that's uh, kind of vicarious, and and uh, most of the time we probably don't know that we're engaged in it. And so we cannot we can uh, actually do some pretty interesting, embarrassing things with um, uh, with the influence of group behavior. But it also helps us understand why we make the choices we do sometimes. And later when we get home, we find out. Uh, that uh, we're not sure what what were you were thinking. So, anyways, this is a very autonomic type thought process with group behavior. A uh, really good example of that uh, would be traffic. So, when you're in traffic, uh, pay attention. You'll notice that uh, traffic, uh, especially on the freeway, likes to travel. People tend to travel in groups, um, and so uh, you'll you'll find that uh, if you see a car that's between kind of groups on the freeway you'll see that that car starts to slow down or speed up uh, without thinking about it. We're not thinking I need to be part of that group, but uh, we like strength in numbers. We're kind of like uh, fish. We like to school together. And then, of course, when you're driving down the freeway and you make it into a group, what do you do? Now you have to fight your way to the front of the group. And uh, so the people up front uh, kind of jockey for position because we don't want somebody to be ahead of us. And again, that's not purposeful behavior. It's more kind of instinctual, but that's a good example of kind of migratory or group behavior um, on a freeway. It just happens. We just, we don't think about, uh, well, I do, I guess, you know, if I'm between two packs of cars, um, I think about moving up to a pack of cars. Um, That way I don't get a speeding ticket. I figure if I'm with a group of people, my odds are better that I won't get a speeding ticket. But outside of that, it's just kind of a subconscious uh, feel and need to join others, be part of the pack, and so forth. So a lot of that happens um, just, like I said, autonomically. 
but uh, can also influence you. And as you think about decisions that you've made, uh, a lot of those decisions might be decisions that were made um, when uh, exposed to a group. Maybe it's a a meeting at a business, it's a it's a board meeting, or it may be decisions as a family, and later you find yourself wondering why you uh, made some of those choices, why you voted, if you will, or made decisions uh, that you otherwise wouldn't. So a classic example, one of the uh, most famous examples of what this looks like is uh, there's a, um, and you can look this up on YouTube, uh, there's a show called Brain Games. And on brain games, uh, what they do is they use games to show you how the brain works. And on this particular brain games, what they do is they're they're talking about pack and group behavior. And what they did is they went down to Las Vegas, and uh, this team that does the brain game show, all they did is they had a guy standing. This is in uh, the old town area of Las Vegas, so the original strip. And what they did is they had a guy stand by uh, by a little sign in the middle of this walkway between all the different casinos. And what they did is they had a guy, he's called a confederate, so he knows what's going on. His job is to stand there, and right next to him they had a sign that says, uh, line starts here. Okay, that's all they did. There's a guy there, line starts here. Well, over time what happens is another person comes up, and they say, so so what show or what are you doing? And the guy up front, he says this. He says, you know what, I don't know. I just saw that the line starts here. Well, within a matter of minutes, there's over 100 people in this line, a line that they're choosing to go in, assuming it's some kind of show or whatever, but without any information at all. We don't want to miss out on things. And so we'll stand in the middle of this place for a line for something of which we don't know, all because somebody else was standing there first. And then another person stand, stood there, and there's a sign that says line starts here. Well, it gets worse, okay? So the idea is, just imagine, you can see this online, you know, you have this big line of, of individuals that have all agreed to watch or go somewhere. They don't even know what it is. They've agreed to do that uh, without even thinking. Okay, so what they did is then somebody comes to the front of the line and says, you know, they act like kind of like the usher, and they're like, okay, um, thanks for waiting in line. Here we go. And what this what this uh, guide does is the guide takes them uh, kind of just on a walk, and they walk through um, some aisle separators. They kind of snake through, and everybody's kind of looking like, wow, what's that all about? And then they take them through like a limbo, and then they take them to a place where they have to jump over some section. And imagine all these people are doing this. Okay, They were in the casino. They were shopping. 20 minutes ago, and now they find themselves doing the limbo. They find themselves zigzagging through uh, fake lanes or lines. And uh, and then all of a sudden, this is my favorite part, the leader just disappears. And everybody kind of kind of wakes up almost, and they're looking around. They're like, okay, what happened? How did we get here? And obviously a lot of embarrassment. So that's a good example of taking advantage of this idea of group behavior is we can actually kind of make something seem normal or cool or interesting. And so this is where we go back to uh, one of my favorite uh, parts of doing counseling and therapy is really, you know, being mindful of of choosing to stand in that line or choosing to like something as opposed to something else, not based upon what's going on with the group, not based upon fear of judgment, but because based upon what you think. And so if the idea is, 
you know, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is all these people obviously are in line for a good show. I'm going to be missing out. You're going to find yourself uh, electing, if you will, uh, to engage in things that uh, later won't make sense. Why is this important? Well, when we look at, uh, I'll talk about a couple of cultures where this looks, where this uh, is more detailed, and I'll tell you another story about um, how that works uh, with teens in particular. So the idea as you're listening to this is, uh, before we t- take a break here in a minute, what I want you to start thinking about is, okay, in what areas do am I subject to group behavior? The answer is yes, but in those areas, where are those areas? And uh, are there decisions that I've made based on that that I would otherwise make, um, given that uh, I thought more independently for myself? on demand i am your host fred riley so uh, we've been talking a little bit about group behavior this is a pretty big topic it it covers a lot of different areas uh kind of the take home so far is evaluating yourself in areas in your life and and being more aware of decisions and am i making decisions based upon group behavior now the the answer is yes the idea is okay uh, as i increase my awareness would i be one that makes decisions a little bit differently rather than what the rest of or many of the group uh, members think. And so um, the idea is is becoming more autonomous, more individualized. And you may agree with a choice that the be- of the group behavior. You might agree with it. But we're talking about agreeing with it because it makes sense to you, not because you should or you're supposed to. Okay, so the idea is it's normal to kind of fall into that place. Oftentimes it, it happens without uh, us being very aware. But if you find yourself struggling with uh, social anxiety, you find yourself struggling with uh, friends and so forth that uh, you feel particular pressure with, not from, okay, again, they may not be pressuring you with intent like you would see with peer pressure. But if you're around people where you feel like you're more subject to that group behavior, um, then then you want to take a look at that and say, okay, you know, is that, it may be that being in that group is just a bad idea. Not because it's a bad group, but just because their group behavior tends to vary from yours. So the idea here, let's, uh, let me kind of illustrate what this looks like. So one of the things I used to do when I worked with youth is I would draw three lines on a dry erase board. And the, the lines would be A, B, and C. And A and B, those two lines would be exactly the same and line C would be quite a bit longer. And what I did is I would take the boys, and two of the boys are called Confederates, and what I did is I told them that when it's their turn, I want them to argue that no matter what anybody says, I want them to argue that uh, line B and C or line A and C are more equal than A and B. And it's quite obvious that A and B are more equal. And so what happens is the first two or three uh, youth that respond to this, they're A, B, A, B, A, B, right? And they're really excited. They're really proud of themselves because they were able to recognize that two lines matched up. So it's kind of funny. And and so, you know, they, they we like to be effective. We like to be smart. So they're pretty proud of themselves. First Confederate comes up and says, you guys are all wrong. Um, there's no way it's A and B, it's A and C. Okay, we, we go on to two or three more um, individuals. 
and then by the time we're at the second confederate, we're going to have we're going to have uh, youth in this case starting to raise their hands, asking if they can change their answer. And so, in the work that I've done, I've noticed that when you do that task, and even just two people in the group think differently, group behavior, just like on the freeway, right? Group behavior says, I don't want to be the odd man out. I got to catch up to this group. So usually somewhere around 70 to 75% of the boys would elect to change their view on what what uh, what two lines matched up. They didn't want to be left out. They didn't want to be seen as thinking differently or wrong, even though it's very obvious right in front of them that, uh, that you know, their instinct was right, but for fear of their instinct being wrong, they would change their answer. And, of course, they would get really upset and blame the Confederates, right, uh, for for throwing them off. So the idea of group behavior, the idea of, of um, you know, this collective group think is that overall, is it important? Sure, it can help us get together. It can help us do projects together and so on and so forth. But it can put a lot of pressure on you, and that's what I want you to think about. Am I one of those folks that tends to rely upon the the overall thought of the group uh, for the you know to the extent that I sacrifice my own thought? And you know, we all want to be included. That's our number one need is to to feel included. But the thing that I would like you to work on is to practice really um, objecting to the group thought, even if you don't disagree. Um, a good idea is to say, okay. Ultimately, you get this feel from the group that uh, you're going to go to a certain place uh, to go bowling or whatever. Um, You might agree with them, but disagree with them just to practice it. Share what you think. I think we should go get pizza or something like that. And it's interesting because what you'll find is that you'll get a couple people that, that change their mind. And so what that says is, hey, group behavior says I don't have good ideas. Risking and sharing your ideas that aren't with the group what you discover is there's other people in that group that want the same thing too. They just don't want to challenge that group think. So if you're sitting back, you're feeling like no one likes your ideas, it's not true. They like your ideas. They just don't know your ideas. Will all of them like your ideas? Absolutely not. But, you know, the only person that really is dismissing your idea is yourself. So the idea is, again, just challenge yourself to throw out uh, some type of opposing view. You don't have to believe it. The idea is just practicing kind of going against the grain. And what you'll see is that because of group behavior, you're going to get a few people that that tend to kind of go the other way, uh, whether they wanted to or not, or they were afraid to say something. So this goes back to this idea that um, you kind of feel like you can affect the group. And as you've heard in, in other podcasts, um, you know, the thing I say to people is you're, you, you're special but you're not that special. You know, the idea is, you know, we're kind of arrogant thinking we're so special that we can have an idea uh, to go to like a haunted house, but your idea can upset everybody. You are special, but you're not so special that you can upset the group. So the takeaway is that if things don't go well in the group, if things don't go, uh, if your opinion doesn't matter or feels like it doesn't matter, it's because it feels like your opinion really doesn't matter. And the reality is, is there's a more powerful thing going on, which is called groupthink, um, migration, uh, formation, that type of thing, where your idea, somebody else likes your idea too, 
but you're the one that's not sharing it. So they don't know that that idea is there. If you share that idea and it kind of sinks, the idea is that we've already engaged in uh, a group that has decided we're going to go a different direction. So that that can cause some social anxiety, can kind of feed into depression um, and so forth. But the idea is, okay, as you go about the week, take a look at uh, where you're at. Take a look at where you feel uncomfortable. Look for group behavior as a way to better explain the differences between what you think and what other thing people think. And then challenge yourself to um, think a little bit outside the box. And it will be uncomfortable maybe. People might look at you a little bit differently. But the idea is you're going to start to see that you don't have the power to discourage or disrupt a whole group. Other people like your ideas too. And I'm Fred Riley. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to uh, email or contact me at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back the number two life.com. 